Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. The music world moves fast. Want to stay up to date on the latest albums and get in-depth examinations with the artists? Check out Consequence of Sound, the podcast. Bite-sized album reviews for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know and much more. Subscribe to the series on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider and let the writers of Consequence of Sound steer you right. Check it out at consequenceofsound.net slash podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sounds and the Consequence Podcast Network. Take a second before we get started here to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. Uh, that means if you're checking us out on YouTube, on Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. I'm Kyle Merritt, and today my guest, Steve Lukather. You know him as one of the founding members of the band Toto. He has a brand new autobiography out called The Gospel According to Luke. We're going to talk about uh, how Toto is just suddenly everywhere again. The reevaluation that's happened between fans and some critics. And he's also got some beef with some other critics. Of course, we'll discuss uh, Weezer covering Toto and how that's affected his career. And then we'll jump back into the past, into the early days, the session work that he's been on. Uh, apparently, the status between all the members of Toto, the members, they have played on over 5,000 albums throughout history. That includes some of the biggest records of all time. Thriller, with the Eagles, with Miles Davis, and on and on and on. Uh, these days, Steve's playing with Ringo Starr's All-Star Band. Uh, we'll discuss what that's been like as well. And an update on the next happenings from Toto and Steve. It's Kyle Meredith with Steve Lukather of Toto. Hey, Kyle. Yeah, well, thanks for doing this today, man. Congratulations on everything, uh, what, everything that's been going Thank on. Thank you in very this- much for that. 
a hell of a year. Yeah, especially this new book, The Gospel According to Luke. It, it, it looks like it, uh, it has been a hell of a year that's been going on. I mean, suddenly your name is everywhere once again, right? Uh, you know, I don't, these are the sort of things that you just don't plan on, and you can't. If I wrote this in a script and tried to sell it to a TV show or a movie or something, they go, that is unbelievable. Nobody's ever going to buy this. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, this kind of, you know, we've been working really hard for a really, really long time. Whether we people were aware of that or not, uh, we stayed in it, man, no matter what. You know, and uh, so, that, therefore, when you when it does come, you know, and, and you get a sort of a windfall or a resurgence or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's it tastes sweet. You know what I mean? It's like wow, man. You know, this is really nice, nice gift to get at this point of the game after forty some odd years in it. You know, yeah. so uh, we're very grateful and we're very happy and we're very thankful. I don't know. It's, uh, I just we're like, take the ride, man. Let's take the ride. Well, I, I mean, you have a career this long. Every, any artist, any band is going to have the highs and lows, the peaks and valleys. But it does seem like the time has come for the reevaluation of, of Toto. I mean, that's what it feels like. I mean, as for as many records well, as you sold like to that the years. I read the latest Rolling Stone where they just shit on us again. You know, oh, but, no. you, know, but you know why they did that? Because I refused to talk to them. So, you know, wait a second. You guys have been creaming us for 43 years, and now you want to make nice? So I said, no, thanks, man. You're not, you know, no, nobody that reads your pamphlet, it's not even a magazine anymore. Anybody that still reads that crap is not interested in us anyway, so it doesn't really hurt my career at all. They've never, they, if they were powerful, we would have been done in 1979, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, I mean, they're the only ones that, we we are getting an honest to God, goodness, another look. People are going, wait a minute, man. What are we even picking on these guys for so much? You know, I mean, look at all the stuff they've done. I mean, how many bands have sold 40 million records, got a half a billion streams, and sell, still sell out arenas all over the world or theaters or whatever, you know? Uh, really respectable stuff, you know what I mean? Hard tickets and stuff. And uh, and plus play it on, you know, collectively, everybody's ever been in the band. 5,000 albums, some of the biggest 5, ones in history. Who yeah. else has those stats? Yet we're considered irrelevant by certain powers. <laughs> It's amazing. Nobody's even close, yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, whatever, maybe history will be kinder. Like I said, they're all, you know, I hate to use their name, uh, Jan Winner's Jerk Fest, <laughs> whatever that is, <clears throat> you know, they don't mean anything anymore. It's like, you know, somebody trying to be Lester Bangs right now is like the equivalent of, you know, you know <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like trying to sell somebody a rotary phone, you know? <laughs> That's just thinking, though, like uh, a lot of it has to do, too, with, uh, you know, a new generation usually means a clean slate for a lot of artists. I mean, we've seen this happen to a lot of bands, you know, again, the peaks and valleys. But then the new generation comes along. They don't know the back catalog. They don't know the history. And suddenly it's all brand new to them and, and the way it sounds. That's always kind of well, fun to watch. Thing, I mean, we're getting all these millennials and kids coming to the show because of the Weezer thing, right? Yeah. You know, which which we cracked up, and I'm sure they're laughing, too, because, you know, this is the first hit record they've had in a long time. And it's been great for our career because we get all these young kids and millennials showing up on our show now, man. So we're, you know, we're doing great business, sellout business. Our, our old records are selling like hotcakes, and kids are going, I like these guys. I didn't know they had 17 albums out. <laughs> so they're all selling, and they're showing up. And, 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 you know, when I was a kid, I didn't want to be mainstream like everybody else. So we're all of a sudden, we're like this classic rock band that hasn't been overused. Yeah. It's like, hey, these guys, you come see us live, and we play really good live. You know, I take a great deal of pride in the fact that we may not be pretty, but we play our asses off. Yeah. You know, so that's really worked to our advantage, you know, because, you know, if you can't be out of style, if you were never in style. We've been like this constant, either love us or hate us, but we've always been there. Right. I've right. kept this thing alive in various permutations. I mean, we've had a lot of changes in the band, two deaths. I mean, what are the odds of that, you know? Mm -hmm. 
and to still stay in it and then to get this resurgence. I mean, the, the success is sweet, man. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm very grateful again. I mean, we all are. I, I'll ask about that one real quick with, with the Weezer song. Now that that has also become such a big hit for them, you know, I, I'm thinking back to like when um, when uh, Trent Reznor and Johnny Cash, you know, they were they were both doing Hurt, and Trent says, you know, that's that's sort of the, his song now, and in, in a shared sort of way. Does it feel like now this sure. this song that's been around forever for you is now also someone else's thing? Yeah, man, it's okay, man. It's fair game. This thing's got four thousand covers out there. Weezer's has been the most successful, of course, and I think that they never expected it either. They probably did. It. They did it as a joke because some girl put them up to us. One fan of theirs bugged them about, it, and they said, "Okay, we'll do it." Apparently, they've done other cover versions of old classic rock songs. They finally did this one, and they put it out there, and this one took off organically. Because at the time, there was the Africa resurgence with all the memes and the TV shows and all this thing, and people playing it all night long in a club, and kids relating to the... I mean, it's I, I, we're just laughing at all this. I'm going, are you kidding me? This is insane. But it's been fantastic for them. It's been fantastic for us. I mean, I don't even know those guys. But like I said, they're going to have to play it for the rest of their lives now, too. <laughs> That's funny. I, 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 I have to say this about that song. That song, Africa, was the very first request I ever made to a radio station, and they played it immediately afterwards, and this would have been, at this point, the early, early 90s. I believed that song had actual magic in it. That song made me feel like magic existed in songs. That. I mean, yeah. you know, let me tell you the magic that's in it. It's the way we made the record back in 1981, before there was anything called world music or anything like this, or... The way we made the record, the way it was produced, and the way we started from loops and things that were nobody was doing at the time. No one. You know, we get no love for this stuff, but we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we made this four twenty-four tracks in sync, which was insane at the time. Very hard. They had guys in lab coats in there in the mixing room. But you know, we did this great record and it had a great melody. And then Dave wrote words to the melody and it was like, "Really, Dave? Really? What's this song about again?" <laughs> and like, we're from North Hollywood, dude. Yeah. Uh, but we said it's a fantasy song, you know, and people go, Ooh, it's not a real African song. Well, it was never meant to be. It has the title there. And at the time, you know, the video, the way they made it, it was early MTV. And, you know, by today's standards, it's cringeworthy. But at the same time, it's kind of kitschy, too. Yeah. I that, had, you know, Rolling Stone accused us of being racist. It's like, come on, what, because there's a black person in it? Give me a break. Uh-huh. We're not racist. Half the band is of color. My best friends are. I mean, this is bullshit, you know. Uh, you know, it's just any excuse to rip on us, you know what I mean? Right. And it's not true. I mean, but it was uh, cheesy. Yes, I'll give you a cheesy. Because everything was cheesy back then. I had the words wrong for so many years, too. I did the miss the rains. I didn't know it was bless the rains. I just figured that out recently, all my well, life. You know, but the bless the rains finally has been told properly why. I first I thought, Dave, what are you, Jesus or something? <laughs> and he laughed, and he goes, no, that's not what it is. He goes, back in the old days, the reason why he wrote the song is because he, you know, he was... He went to an all-boys Catholic school, and some of the brothers there that went and did missionary work told him about it, how they would go there, and when it was no rain, they would you know, pray for the rain and bless the rains, and that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. That's where it makes more sense now if you hear it like that. And it was his fantasy of what it might be like, what he imagined it to be like in his childhood fantasy of what Africa would be like. Now, we have been there since. We played six nights in the arena and played, brought real African musicians 
South African musicians up to play with us and stuff like that. And it was on, it's actually, there's a live version on one of our obscure records that has it, has that live version on it. But, you know, I, this thing has been a golden carrot to us, and it came out of nowhere. Like, the last couple of years, it just, the resurgence was so huge that we just started laughing, going, okay, all right, I guess, how do we want to deal? Well, let's use this. Let's Come on, let's run with this. And it's been fantastic. It's been the best couple of years we've had in decades. Well, let's jump back to the very, very beginning, too, because I, I don't want this to come across like the uh, the typical influence question, but when you all put together Toto, who did you want to be? I mean, what was the template for what you all were doing outside of the session work? Was well, our it... template was, I mean, it was actually David David Page and Jeff Picaro who originally started the band because it was kind of born out of the embers of uh, Silk Degrees, Boss Gag Silk Degrees album. We were all teenagers at the time. They were uh, The guys were in their early 20s, Dave and Jeff. And we came out of school and were asked to join the touring band for that Silk Degrees tour. And it was massive at the time. And uh, Sony found out we were making a record. We wanted to put a band together. And uh, they offered us a deal, sight unseen. Because, you know, Silk Degrees, David wrote all those songs. So it's, they saw us play live together. And they, we were a high school band, man. We started out in high school. We wanted to be like, the idea, the template was like Fleetwood Mac, Eagles, Beatles, in the sense of multi-writers, multi singers everybody had to sing and write stuff so we could pass the ball around and we just want you know it was rock and roll our music is like rock and roll with the r&b undercurrent you know like we don't play eighth notes the same way other rock bands do we have a little bit more of a swing jazz funk thing to even our straight rock stuff and plus we put other weird chords in there that regular rock guys wouldn't use we, so we just the rule book went out the window we just said we're gonna make music we like and even if we can have a, an album that has say hold the line i'll supply love and georgie porgio which is a weird one you know a weird r&b kind of a thing because we like that kind of music we just figured screw it we're gonna do what we want to do we don't have to be one thing why do we have to be one thing do you eat the same meal at every you know eat the same food at every meal no you need a little variety people like variety but it, on the other hand it confused a lot of the original reviewers who went after us because we weren't beautiful and didn't have a big studly front man and they used the studio musician thing against us like that's bad they don't really understand what that is they just imagine a bunch of guys sitting on hemorrhoid donuts reading little black dots and that's not what we did we were given blank sketches with chord changes on and they count off the song and we would add all the hooks and parts and change the arrangement and do all this stuff and get no credit for it or money nowadays if you're sitting in the room and you roll a joint you get songwriting credit you know <laughs> i should be on my own space shuttle for all the hooks that we put into you know everybody yeah. else's hit records at 5,000 albums, 5,000 albums. You see B minor AG written on a piece of paper, and they count off the song. What do you play? I mean, we can read music. Yeah, we study. I mean, I can read it. You know, I mean, I'm good enough to do records, you know. Yeah. Did a lot of them, thousands of them. I was going to say 5,000 albums between all of you all. In, in... Yeah, I mean, everybody's been in the band. That includes Lee Sklar. Right, right. And all the guys that have been in there. But, I mean, I got like a couple thousand myself. What's what I'm talking about? And, and the big ones get talked about a lot, working on Thriller, the house band on Thriller, you know, yeah. with Miles and some of the Beatles and everything. What's what's the one yeah, that well, doesn't get the attention? All the Eagles solo albums as well. So if you look at the top ten biggest grossing albums of all time, our hands are in a whole bunch of those. Yeah, that's incredible. Just incredible. I mean, yeah, we get no love for it. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> happening now. It feels like that that story is getting told, no, and that's man, what's listen, so fun. I get all the love I need. I don't need the love from hipster magazines and stuff like that. They never, they were never there for us anyway. What matters is the kids are showing up. People are showing up. Nobody reads that shit anymore anyway. It's just like, you know, they everybody goes to the Facebook page and if they uh, if our fans like go, "Hey, I don't like this or this didn't work. Why don't you play this song or whatever?" We'll listen to them. 
Constructive criticism is always welcome, but I hate you, you suck. It's not really a criticism. That's just a statement. I don't like that. Well, hey, I don't like mayonnaise either. I avoid it. I get it. One man shits another man's chocolate. Such is life. You're playing a Ringo's band these days, too. I, I, I adore the man. I was He's kind of wondering. Greatest. It's the greatest thing in my life. I mean, I'm honored to be his friend. I mean, we're friends. We live eight minutes from each other. We hang out, you know. I mean, but I love being in his band, being a part of that energy. And he's like the coolest, wittiest, smart, well-read, just awesome human being. You know, he just brings the best out of everybody. Yeah. And he's just an incredibly gracious, warm human. I just, I'm, it's a great honor to say that he's my friend. I mean, I got a text from him the other day. I still kind of, it makes me smile real hard. I go, oh, I got a text from Ringo. How cool is that? You know, I'm not a jaded old bastard. You know, I mean, I'm like, I'm still a music fan. I mean, when I meet my heroes or I'm even friends with them. And I go, I'm still like, I still get a little tickle. I, I'm not going to lie, you know. I'd be, I'd be awful person if I didn't. With, um, with the Beatles reissues that's been coming out, does that affect what you're all playing out there or even how you're playing it out with his band? No, man, we've been trying to get him to, to do a Lennon and McCartney song, but he's pretty, he's pretty, aside from the ones that he sang, he didn't really want to do that. He goes, oh, it's Paul's thing, you know. It's like, you know, hey, listen, it's his band. But he loves it when we're backstage and we, we start playing stuff. He'll come, he'll walk in and go, oh, let me tell you a story, me and the lads. And then we're all like, what? What's he saying? Hanging on every word, you know. But, uh, you know, he, it's, I just, I've gotten past that starstruck thing with him but you know uh those guys changed my life i mean that's the reason why i play music so to be in a band with him and to have him want me to write songs with him and be a part i just wrote the first song of his new album with him right before i left we recorded it together and it was just you know there's so much joy around the guy you know there's no negative thing he doesn't care about the the noise that we all deem as news today he's like man you know He's transcended that. He's above it. He cares about people, and he certainly gives more than anybody could possibly imagine to charities very quietly. So he's he puts his money where his mouth is. He just doesn't pontificate about it, you know? I've learned a lot being around him on how to handle things, and he's a wise man. It's best to keep your ears and eyes open when you're around him because you'll learn something. I can imagine so. He's also funnier than shit, and it's, been, it's a gas to hang out with. He always, if you think you can, like, Okay, get one over on him, and he always comes up with the killer line that ends the whole thing. It's like the clincher line. It's like, oh, dude, where are you still as witty as you were in Hard Day's Night? You know? He's going to be 79, man. He looks like he's 40. He's an anomaly. He'll be, he'll be around well long after me. Uh, one more here. Um, Toto, new record? Next record? Is that on the horizon? Yeah, man, we got this box set coming out, Sony's box set, which we remastered everything from the beginning with Elliot Shiner from Steely Dan fame and Gavin Lurson uh, in L.A., the multi-Grammy award winning. And we were able to take the first three albums, which needed the most work, and make it sound like they'd been remixed and high-fived. Did the whole thing. Plus, we made a whole 10-song new album that's in there, too. 80-page booklet of our history with photos and the ones that we're seeing and all sorts of live weird stuff, a 5.1 mix of a total four, all, there's some crazy stuff in there. Uh, and that's coming out, like, momentarily. And then we're going to be touring all next year. I'm going to be back with Ringo next year. The book's out. Uh, you know, there's a documentary being talked about right now about the book and me and all this other stuff. So I got a lot of stuff on the table. I'm going to write another book. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the wind. I, mean, I won't be looking for stuff to do for the next 10 years, hopefully. Hopefully I'll be around in 10 years. You know? Awesome. Well, congratulations. Every day counts. You know, when you get over 60, man, it's like, holy shit, how did that happen? <laughs> when did I become an old bastard? How did this happen, man? Oh, man, it's been fun to watch. I little kids to school, so I kind of forgot, like, you know, I have kids in their 30s, too, you know? <laughs> Congratulations, man. I really I really do mean it on all the success for an entire Thank career you, I mean, in I'm, this, I'm, too. I'm very grateful. Don't think that I'm not. I'm very, I know how lucky I am, but I'm, I work hard, too. 
Oh, it shows. It definitely does show. It's been a pleasure right, talking well, to you, Steve. I appreciate it. Pleasure talking to you too, mate. And I hope I see you around at a gig one of these days. Absolutely. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. I'm sorry about the swear words, but you know you got a magic button for that. <laughs> I do. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. Bye. Take it easy. <laughs> Big thanks to Steve Lukather of Toto. Again, his uh, new autobiography is called "The Gospel According to Luke," and it sounds like there is lots more on the way from there too. Uh, If you haven't already, please do hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. If you're checking us out on YouTube, on Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. After that, you can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you'll also find some bonus episodes of this series. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.